Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book, I do the review, stick it up here on the podcast for everyone to download and listen to and hopefully enjoy. Joining me today, like normal, is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. And today we are talking about a book which we kind of uh, mentioned at the end of the previous podcast and then you kept on asking me about more details about it. I said, look, we're definitely going to be talking about this in the next podcast that we record. This is the next podcast. Do you remember the last podcast that we did? No. Okay. Anyway, you kept on asking me, like, when did this book come out? And I hadn't looked it up when this book came out. So what we're going to be talking about is Night's Dawn, the Night's Dawn trilogy, number one. Okay. Uh, the uh, by Peter F. Hamilton is called the Reality Dysfunction. Okay. So what did it come out? When did it come out? I know I made a note of it somewhere. It came out in <laughs> 1996. So I first okay. read this book actually after I all three books came out. So the the first book came out in 1996, and then 1997, and then 1999. So okay. I probably read this book in around about 2000 or something. Okay. Yeah. And they were big so, chunky books. Sounds about right. Yeah, probably 2000, 2001. I don't remember. Anyway, so I'd read some other Peter Hamilton books around about the same time. Um, he had some others, you know, some other more cyberpunky stuff. Right. Um, now, now something really came yeah. into my head. Do we not have that one as a paper book in the house, actually? What, the reality dysfunction? I think we do. No, it was. No? I think it was in a collection of books. You remember when I had a, a, a collection of books when we went over to my parents' place before uh-huh. my dad died and we were clearing out stuff from the attic? Yeah. And there was two books worth of... There was two, Sorry, there was two boxes of oh, um, science fiction books. Yeah, you, you spread them all out. I spread them all out and yeah. I took a photo of them and then we posted on the, um, you know, was it the Facebook marketplace or whatever, saying, um, like, we could give these all a charity shop but this is a really good start for like a teenager uh, who wants to start a science fiction book collection like have yeah. a, an, an instant library and yeah somebody did came picked up the two boxes of books yeah. and took them away and I think this night's dawn trilogy was in them also the confederation handbook and last chance of last chance at Eden which is like a short story collection last chance at Eden is a short story collection set in the in the confederation oh. Oh, okay. and the night's dawn trilogy the confederation handbook is like a non-fiction kind of like presented as non-fiction it's like an encyclopedia glossary (laughs) yeah it's like a non-fiction like talking about the stuff so it's like the you know the the uh, the world building bible by glossary yeah the glossary of of peter hamilton instead of putting it in the last book they're like oh well we'll just put this into a a separate kind of thing so i think all of those books or at least some of those books were there okay uh, with this with this front cover from whatever the, the paperback edition was yeah um so yes, uh, one thousand two hundred and twenty-three pages, mass market paperback version mm-hmm. of this book. That's now I'm going to quickly click on uh, Peter Hamilton's name here on Goodreads because the way that I got into this book was um, I started. Uh, I'll just this, more books by Peter Hamilton. So I started reading this. Uh, this uh, well, I spent an Audible credit on a uh, on a Peter F. Hamilton book which I hadn't seen before. Oh, and it was called. And now I'm looking for it. Uh, I'm clicking on next, next, next here. Um, oh, no, it just gets... Oh, so it was the Arkship Trilogy um, number one. So let me quickly have a look at this. That's a more recent one, isn't yes, it? Yes, it's a more yeah. recent one. Let me have a look. Arkship Trilogy... I clicked on number two because that was just the first one. Yeah, a hole, in the star, a hole in the Sky by Peter F. Hamilton. And this is what I mentioned at the end of the last episode, that I'd downloaded it, started listening to it, got yep. about you know 20 minutes in and was like, oh, this is young adult fiction. <laughs> yeah. And I wrote a little review of it pretty much saying... Um, well, I guess I can click on this and see my see my review of yeah. it. What what did I post here? Oh, 
Goodreads has updated its design again. I says, very early on, I felt the story was a bit weak and simple. Was it a YA book? And I didn't realize before spending an audible credit. Yup. I checked up on Goodreads and found loads of three star ratings from people saying it might be good if you're 13 years old, <laughs> but not if you want a more typical um, uh, Peter F. Hamilton material. Uh, I asked for my audible credit back and now I'm seriously considered considering spending it on a reality dysfunction reread. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is what I did. I right. downloaded, I uh, spent an audible credit on reality dysfunction, this book that we're going to talk about today. And yes, it's my first reread in maybe 20 years or, you know, probably yeah. at least 20 years. I, I've only ever read this book once before. Yeah. So this is only my second time getting through it. But uh, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Peter F. Hamilton. I'm looking forward to what you're going to have to say because yes. I also... Uh, I think I listened to it as an audiobook. You don't think so. You know so because we checked on your Audible app and you had it. And Uh, in Germany, it was split up into two books, wasn't it? I was just about to say that. Oh, okay. Okay, come on. You tell it. Tell the story. It's a trilogy. Yeah. So it's three books. And in German, uh, of course, the German language makes everything a little bit bigger, uh, longer. uh, And so for some reason, they, they tend to then split split up the books which then also means that you then have to first of all keep track of all the books yeah. that uh, have to go together and then uh, you have to spend the credits on uh, all of the books separately um and so i have from the current moment on i didn't reread the plot or anything yeah. i have no memory about the or, or any of the story of this book whatsoever. Okay, so nothing. Let's do it this way. Oh no! And then I when we checked as well, and you got the first. You spent an audible credit on the reality dysfunction part one and the reality yes. dysfunction part two. Yes. And then you in went, German. Yeah, in yeah. German. And then you switched over and and you spent a credit on this the second book. Yeah. Um, the uh, the neutrino alchemist, which is Night's Dawn part two. But you got that in English, yes. so you only had to spend one audible credit. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, so I'm thinking instead of me going on with the Neutrino Alchemist and spending another credit, I think I might just sign into your Audible on my phone and uh, continue on with this. But not straight away because these are chunky books. Yeah, and I, yeah. Reading them back to back to back might be a bit much. Yeah. Um, so uh, let me bring up some notes here. And uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to start talking about this book. And I, I want you to come in and tell me if any of this rings any bells for you. Okay. Okay, so the book is set in the Confederation and there's like, this is sort of like 600 years in the future Mm -hmm. and humanity is starting to spread throughout the stars and there's like two main factions of humanity. There's the Adamists, which are like all believe in some kind of God. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's sort of like some are Christians, some are, you know, Muslims, you know, whatever, but they're sort of like there. It's more like, hey, we've reunited all the religions, but they're not really united, but everyone's like saying that we're all getting on now. (laughs) Okay. and those are the atomists, and they use they they don't use any biotech, mm-hmm. um, so they just use mechanical spaceships like that you run with computers and wormholes and things like that. Okay, these they're the completely spherical um, spaceships because when they go through a wormhole, mm-hmm. what shape is a wormhole in space? Round? No, spherical. spherical. You know, we always we always look at black holes when we see them in pictures. Like, put it this way: before the movie Interstellar, every time that you'd see a wormhole in space, yeah. it would look like like some uh, like foggy. Yes, yeah, like, it was like a flat disc with a yeah. hole in it. Yeah. And after Inception, once they actually Hollywood worked out how to show what a black hole looks like, yeah, it looks like 
a, a black sphere with swirly stuff and you know distorted whatever's around it you know yeah it really has this ring and like yeah the, but the yeah. source of it is or <laughs> what's there in the middle of it is a sphere okay. so the spaceship has to be spherical it can't be long when you go through a, when you go through a wormhole in three dimensions you're not going through a tunnel now Peter F. Hamilton, he's gone in different directions than this. When the Great North Road, his mm. portals are a different way. You yeah. know, in the in the um, Salvation trilogy, portals work differently. And here, yeah. there's they're not portals; they're wormholes. Right. Which anyway, and when just, the worm just to uh, clear yeah. up uh, language things. Yeah. A sphere is a ball. Sphere is a ball. It's round. It's a ball. That but there, that a, I'm pointing at there. It's not a long okay, thing. Okay. Pick out next to you is a juggling ball. That is a sphere. That is a sphere. This one here. The, no, the juggling rings, the big juggling rings, yeah, is is a is a hole, is a is a disc with it's a hole a disc in it. With a hole. Okay. And I'm saying before Interstellar, all wormholes in movies and all like black holes and everything like that, yeah. singularities, yeah, they were always shown as like a disc of foggy, foggy stuff with a hole in the middle. Yeah, yeah, that's And true. after Interstellar, we've worked out humans are capable of saying a big black thing that looks like a sphere is a hole in three dimensions rather yeah. than like we've got to project into two dimensions and then show it. Anyway, yes. I'm getting a bit caught up in that they're spherical spaceships. Okay, good. Now I understand. Um, right. the, the other people are the Edenists and the Edenists live on space habitats around um, around uh, uh, gas giants. Okay. And they live in, they have sentient spaceships, sort of like biological sentient spaceships that look like big manta ray kind of things, all biologically mm -hmm. con like born and controlled. And the sentient spaceships have to be, you know, flying into the heart of a gas giant uh, to reproduce and things. And uh, ah. and the one of the one of the characters uh, is Syrinx. I made a note of it here. Let me think. Yes, Syrinx in this book. She is a, a spaceship captain um, of on. With the, with the Edenist spaceships, they're called Nighthawks and Blackhawks, depending on if they're the if they're the. Oh, the now ones. we're getting somewhere. That You're sounds, starting to think that about sounds that. Yeah. familiar. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so they so, so that's what the Edenists do, and they also have affinity links, so that all their brains can be linked together, and they can talk to each other by like you know biologically not implanted because they grow up with them or whatever like that they're not they're not conceived normally they're all conceived in you know vats or you know mm -hmm. like bought like gestated in vats and born like non-biologically yeah and uh, yeah and the, and the, also the space habitats that they're in are also big biological things that they have to feed um you know they, they get the energy from the magnetic fields of you know of passing through the magnetic fields of the uh, gas giants mm. and you just keep feeding them matter and they chew up the matter and make like living habitats which are like you know 15 kilometers long and five kilometers across that spin around and stuff like that okay so that's where it is but a lot of the action takes place you know space stuff but a lot of the action takes place on a new colony world called Lalonde and a lot like 50% of the book is set on Lalonde and this is you know it's like a, on a, a it feels very much like the uh, the Amazon so there's a big river that goes mm. that goes across an entire continent mm -hmm. and everyone goes down and all the colonists go down to Durringham which is a near the <laughs> near the mouth of the river or at one point of the mouth of the river Ah. And then they all get on boats and go up the river and try and establish farming colonies and stuff like that. I remember. See, this book is, I can see Juliana's face is slowly lighting up and going, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. yes. So 50% of the action is set among the planets mm -hmm. going around. Mm -hmm. But then a lot of it is based on, okay, what are the economies of setting up a colony in a different planet? Like, how does it do it? And I was, I really enjoy this part of the book, you know, the world yeah. building of Lalonde, because uh, it's, I don't know, it just 
feels more grounded than normal. You know, most times it's all like, let's set up a colony. It's sort of like, okay, why? Like, why would you ever set up a colony there? Yeah. It's like, well, you, you know, colony. And like, yeah. yeah, but why? And here this really goes into, okay, corporations fund it. And there's this whole, you know, development corporations which get behind this and they have to do the policing and they have to do this. And they just got to bring in like over the course of however many years, like 12 million people over 40 years time. Yeah. Just keep bringing people. All you need to do is keep bringing people, bringing people, bringing people because you have to have markets. Yeah. You have to have farmers, you know, mm-hmm. and it's slowly built up. And the further you get up the river, the more primitive it is, you know, yes. as they're setting up towns and things like yeah. that. So I, I, I really like that. Also, since I read this book the first time, I have actually visited the Amazon many times like right. i have spent many many weeks of my life sailing up and down the amazon mm-hmm. going from you know manaus down the amazon or starting off down at you know at the, at the mouth of the mouth of the amazon or sailing up from recife or whatever the other places are yeah um and Macapá and these other places around there and sailing up and down that. And it's really weird. It, it makes me feel like, oh, of course, Peter Hamilton, he's just a good writer. It's not like, oh, has he ever been to the Amazon? And why does he know this? <laughs> so, you know, because he's good enough at writing that he can, he can sell the facts that he's like, he knows everything he's talking about and can really kind of get the vibe of like an entire civilization based around like an Amazon basin kind of thing where yeah. there's prairies, but mostly it's jungles, but then they set up and they clear some of the jungles. Like I've stopped at villages along the along the amazon yeah where there's only like 100 people live there or 200 people live and you get off and you see what it's like and they often they'll be like a well in the place that i went there's like a hill up behind it because mm. they need a place that the when the river changes course it's not going to you know change course where your village is you know yeah, yeah. and there's so, yeah and all of like the way of setting up like the villages and the stuff anyway i'm just saying since going since visiting the amazon many times after reading this book, well, yeah. in between now and then, uh, two b- reads. B- in the last 20 years, <laughs> I've been to the Amazon many times. Yes. Uh, it was to the point where every time I'd see like a Facebook memory, it would be like, I think it was like six years in a row. I was there in the same like mm-hmm. week before Christmas because yeah. I kept on going back and working on the same same ship yeah. in the same place on doing the same cruise. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's fun, funny to keep vi- revisiting Manaus in the, in the, in the, on the Amazon River. Yeah. That sounds fun. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's getting to get... See if I can... Um, uh, yes, and then the other half of it is, like, uh, uh, Joshua Calvert's sex adventures. Um, so Joshua Calvert is a is a, a spaceship owner. Mm-hmm. At the start of the book, he's got a very broken spaceship, but he goes out into this... Um, this uh, I was going to call it glitter band, but that's, like, a different thing. So yeah. there's, his, there's a, um, a whole, like, ring around this planet, which is full of um, alien artifacts from an alien species which was destroyed. Or did they destroy themselves? Were they destroyed? That's the big mystery. Yeah. All these habitats that are broken up, like, 5,000 years ago or 3,000 years ago. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and so he would go out and try and find stuff there to raise money to fix his ship that was damaged in a rescue attempt by his father and his father died and they died on this uh, mm-hmm. on this rotating, on mm-hmm. this one of these uh, spaceships. Uh, sorry, these space habitats. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and so he re- fi- fixes up the uh, Lady Macbeth and then goes and has pirate adventures. Well, not so much pirate adventures, but you know, there are pi- there are space pirates in here. Oh yeah, here. and he's being chased, isn't yeah, he? Sometimes he's yeah. being chased. Again, you might be thinking of the first book or the second book. Again, a lot of my memories of this were like, oh, I don't remember what happens in the first book or the second book. For example, Syrinx, who I mentioned before, who's the, the space captain of one of the um, uh, Nighthawks. Yeah. I remember her and her crew being a massive part of this story. Mm -hmm. But I guess she's a bigger part of the second and third books. And here, she's very much a side character. And I 
thought of her as like one of the main characters of this story. Yeah, but it's difficult to keep apart the, yeah. the, the books. They really like just um, be, they, they're like one big mishmash of things in hindsight. Like if you yeah. think back, yeah, totally. I have the same, I have the same, I wouldn't say issue here, mm. but that that's often what happens with these uh, Peter F. Hamilton books, with the big ones. Yeah, yeah, the big chunky ones. And yeah. this is, this was his first massive book. Like before then, his books were kind of a bit smaller, a bit like smaller scale. And here he's like, all right, let's do space opera. Like this, and it's everything is bigger. Yeah. Like it takes ages. To do. Yeah. Like it starts off with sort of like this thing, and then it goes into, you know, a bit, I remember him doing this really clearly in, in Pandora's Star, where yeah. he's like, all right, Morning Star Mountain or whatever it's called, Mountain Star, whatever. Yeah. And he does the is like and now the entire evolution of a space spacefaring uh, race in the course of one chapter and you're like in turn page on page but you're like wow yeah this is really great yeah. and he does the same thing here yeah, I made yeah. a note of it it's called the uh, the Lysilf which is this race which is like on a on a planet and their brains go up into the space and they they transcend they like uh, uh, they're out in the ether somewhere yes. like that yes. in energy fields between stars. Um, so yeah, he does a bit of that. Like it's all really big. So yeah, um, Joshua s- starts up, and it's and it's one of those things. You remember that book that I re- read called Quarter Share by someone? I can't remember what they, uh, who the, the author's t- name. Title rings a bell. There's Quarter Share, and then there's Half quite... Share, and then there's Captain Share, and it's and the, I only read the mm. first book, and it's about someone who's sort of like, yes, I'm just a uh, just a, a uh, just an ensign on a ship, and I'm gonna start up my thing, and you realize, oh, okay, over time, we're gonna do like he starts off there and goes there, a bit Horatio Hornblower, you know, he goes all and then becomes an admiral or whatever, right. you know, as <laughs> yeah. you go up through yeah. the ranks, yeah. uh, but with trading, not with shooting stuff. Yes, and I realize. Oh, Peter Hamilton encapsulates all of that, mm-hmm. all of the clever things where like, oh, I'm going to get this, like, what do I need to do for trading? And you get a bit of this mirror between Joshua, mm-hmm. um, Joshua Calvert with the Lady Macbeth and then yeah. uh, Syrinx, who has got her own, you know, ship. Yeah. And there's a bit of like cat and mouse stuff where she's working for the Navy at the start and mm-hmm. trying to track him down. And like, you're smuggling. He's like, I'm not smuggling. Like, and there's all this like, aha, you oh. bested me this time. Mm-hmm. So they're a bit, they're kind of rival. So they start off with sort of like she's authority and he's a trader mm-hmm. and then she becomes a trader because, you, you know, she finishes her tour with the with the Navy. You do seven years yeah. and then you, she goes off and does, becomes a trader. And then there's a rival for trading. And it's quite fun when they arrive on the same planet and are both wanting the same deals. And yeah. you're like, oh, she did pretty well. And then Joshua comes along and goes, oh, actually, Joshua was doing pretty well here, you know, mm-hmm. and see which one can, which one out does the other. So, yeah, we've got this fun, you know, pirate adventure, trading stuff. Uh, with other people, double agents on board, you know, like government agents trying mm-hmm. to place people on board ships to make sure to track down antimatter. Oh yeah, antimatter is banned, but a lot of ships have antimatter storage stuff. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, and he he has some, doesn't he? Yeah, well, he has he a ship has, which has got yeah. anti antimatter engines. He has an uh, antimatter drive. Yeah. yeah, I remember. that. Well, or no, he's got antimatter containment facilities on his ship, right. yeah. and they're like, "What's that?" It's sort of like, "Look, when I bought this ship, like was, this yeah. is how it is. Like <laughs> I can't afford to retrofit my ship to take out the antimatter." And everyone's like, "Hmm, what's Convenient. really good?" So they say, "Well, why is there why are there why are there shipyards around Saturn which are building ships with antimatter engines?" built in mm. to them and they're like well this is where we get this anyway so yeah and so that's it and like i say along the way um 
Joshua Culvert penis adventures mm-hmm. and um, and trading adventures. And then, of course, what ha- what happens on Lalonde? You know, why is Lalonde such a big part of this? Yeah. Uh, which I don't want to get into because I think this, when I read this the first time, um, and this is, I'm going back to like some memories of me reading it the first time. Now that I've finished the story and I kind of know what it's about and yeah. know what's going on, yeah. it's, it's really incredible how much is foreshadowed about what goes on later on in the book. And I don't want to get to it because, you know, we'll talk about it in the second book, you know, yeah, and yeah. when we review the second book. But, oh, my goodness, so much more is in the start of this book <laughs> yeah. than, I, than, I, than I expected. Like, literally two characters having long conversations about what's going to come up about halfway through this book. Yeah. And at the time when I was reading it, I was like, okay, yeah, talking about, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. What happens when you die? Do you think you've got a soul? All this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just sort of like, yeah, because, you know, the, the Edenists have souls. You know, they transfer their brains before, just before they die. Yeah. They can transfer the contents of their brains over into, a, into one of their Edenist spaceships or space habitats and then their brain lives on in that way you know when they're yeah. talking about oh what happens when you're dead and all that kind of stuff and there's lots of other stuff like you know there's some, some alien there's like two other alien species which are you know are known to humans and they're part of the the confederation is humans and then i can't remember the net two names of the other aliens but like two other alien species yeah which are kind of get along with the humans like known intelligent alien species and things yeah. and something that like at one point they're building a building and they're like what's the shape of this building and now i'm like oh uh, in the yeah, third book it. this is you know and i was it was all coming to me but like not just that but lots and lots of other stuff yeah. which is mentioned and i'm like why did the twist or well, i wouldn't call it a twist but the turn that this story takes yeah. is into it is into a place where I before before and since I've never known a science fiction book to go in this direction. Okay. Um, into this kind of horror kind of yes, direction. Yes, that's exactly that's what, what you're I... thinking. Remember, and again, I don't want to get too much into it, yeah. but all yeah. of it's set up. And um, I was looking at some reviews and said, "Oh, this is like Steve if Stephen King did space opera." Mm-hmm. And actually, now reading it, I'm like, "Yeah, it is," yeah. because it's very character based. It's very, I don't know, of course, well written because it's Peter F. Hamilton, and we're you know, I, I'm a fan of his writing. Like just yeah. his characters work. You know, yeah. his world building works. It yeah. I, again, I don't know how it all gets in his head. You know, how he keeps all in his head of what's yeah. going on here but it's it's amazing to see and again i i didn't recognize how much is in this first book when i was reading it the first time because you just don't know no of course you don't know and you can't uh, you can't read a book thinking like okay what could be the important bit now no you don't no, know you don't yeah. you don't do that this way um i the, the more you're saying the more i remember bits and pieces yeah um mostly i do remember that i really enjoyed yeah the book Except for one, one big... Let's get onto that in a minute. Okay. Um, I just want to talk a few other <laughs> things that you might remember. Um, yeah. The bad guys, there's Leighton, who is this person who set up some antimatter to escape a thing. And he's sort of like this one person who you're like, we don't know where he is. We're looking for him all over the place. Yeah. And it's, it's quite clear very early on that, oh, he's on Lalonde. That's where he's been hiding out for the last yeah. 40 years or whatever. Yeah. And then you get Quinn Dexter, which I, I'd forgotten about Quinn Dexter. Quinn Dexter is like one of my all-time favourite science fiction story bad guys okay he's uh you know from he's like this gangster like a 19 year old gangster and he's taken uh away from earth and put on a um 
is put on a, uh, a, a this colony ship to, yeah. there. He's what they call um, involuntary colonists or something right. like, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, or involuntary Fun settlers. Title. I kind of so. In other words, slave like prison labor. And if he works for ten years, yeah, as as a you know as this as, as a as a as a slave like yeah. as indentured servant on this yes, thing, that, that they get in, their freedom, indentured servitu- yeah. servitude or whatever. It's yeah, called. gets their freedom and yeah. then can just live on land or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know, he is just, he's great because mm. he's totally psychopathic, totally sociopathic, but also very quite competent in a way which is, is surprising. And he's sort of like, well, we could all be layabouts or whatever. But let's organize and we mm. want our own, like all these involuntary people. Yeah. And then you read it and you're like, oh, okay. And you're kind of rooting for him in a way. Yeah. And, and then you're like, no, 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 stop rooting for him. No, yeah, no, this, yeah. is, this is, he's really bad news. And, you know, he's part of a cult, which is like some, you know, trying to, the Prince of Darkness cult yeah. again against the atomist kind of thing yeah. and, and there's a priest there who's like his like the foil like the the the, the, the i can't remember the priest's name but you know and i don't know it's just one of those things like proper stephen king level of dread about this character and going oh bad news mm-hmm. this is bad bad mm-hmm. this guy is bad Isn't he bad like news. In- inciting the revolt or like some sort of yeah, 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 uh, yeah. uprising yeah the stuff. invet yeah, invet yeah. revolt invet in involuntary i don't know whatever yeah, it is yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, think I so remember yeah bits. again don't want to get too much into it yeah. but if you think he's bad news oh my goodness he's bad news and even worse news by the time you get half we get to like the, yeah. the three quarters of the way through the book and this is just one book right yeah this is one but i'm only talking about the first book <laughs> Yeah. 1,200 pages. Well, and they're me... like four storylines or... Yeah, lots of stuff. Yeah. Well, I would say I would say that, that yeah, there's four storylines. But again, you, you, the way that you split it up is what's happening on Lalonde mm-hmm. and what's happening with Joshua Calvert's penis adventures. Those are the two <laughs> things. Let me have a look here. Yeah, it's um, 41 hours and six minutes. So we're yeah. talking like... Proper chunky. We're talking like Brandon Sanderson-sized uh, um, epic epic storytelling here. Yeah, and I, I do I, think it's at you know at that same kind of level, like you know. So now um, it does make sense uh, how some publisher decides. Oh, this is yeah, too chunky. Let's yeah, split up. Let's split another it up a two. bit. Yeah. Uh, the se- the next book is forty hours, so slightly slightly shorter, and then the one after that, it's na- the Naked God, is forty eight hours and thirty seven minutes. Yeah. I don't think you finished this though, because I think you've only got to the second book. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, don't think I have, but I do remember bits and pieces, and I do remember some thoughts about it. Yeah, uh, but I've never written it down anywhere, and. I, it's one of those things that because it is so chunky and it didn't feel like it, there wasn't any cohesive like, yeah. okay, uh, you know, I got the first two books, but that doesn't mean I got the whole book yeah. thing. And that really messes everything up yeah you've got it it's one of those things that you've got to go to, you've got to go into it and go i am reading a big book i've yes. got to spend time on this because yes. if you're like oh i'll read it now and then yeah. it's like no you've got like with the audiobook i've got to be like all right i've got like four hours free this afternoon yeah two of those hours even if i'm doing something else yeah. like you know housework or going shopping I can't listen to a podcast. I've got to get through this book. Like it's something you've got to really decide to spend time on. Yes, um, absolutely. So uh, on top of all of this, there's actually some really fun stuff as well. There's a, a, a fun character. She's a, um, a, a, I can't remember her name. Let's say Kelly, I think her name is. She's a um, a reporter mm-hmm. and she's like, I've got to get the story, you know, and I really enjoy her character because she's like. Is she on one of the boats? 
on one of the boats. No, no, no. she's not. No, she no. goes She goes to Lalonde in the second half when they right. get dropped off. Oh, There's okay. some military action that needs to happen. And she's yes. like, and now I'll be a war reporter. And yeah. you're like, Do you, are you sure you want to be a war? But I think the whole thing is really great because yeah. there's definitely kind of a, um, I wouldn't say like a, a World War Two kind of thing, but there's definitely some kind of like Dunkirk moment where oh, we're yeah. like, oh, it right, feels, okay, totally like this, is, this yeah. is really bad. We get an operation. Oh, we're overwhelmed. <laughs> oh, let's uh, go back again, yes. back the other way, you know, so... Yeah. We've got to show how bad the the the, the main um, the main uh, uh, bad thing is about the world. Well, I don't want to give it too much away. We'll talk about more in the second book because then we can cover the first book without worrying. As again, I'm not even talking about spoilers. It's just that it's so it's really great to discover this, and it's yeah. such a long book. Yeah. I don't want to be talking about too much stuff that happens in the second half. Yeah. Um, like giving away too much, but yeah, and also I really like the the crew members of the Lady Macbeth. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you got Joshua, who's the captain. You got Ashley, who is I think the shuttle pilot, and he is a time skipper. So every every so he's awake for what ten years or something, and then he goes into stasis into yeah. uh, null sleep or void null, whatever it is, like and no entropy zone, and yeah. he uh, and he does that for fifty years, and then pops out and then goes in. So he's actually like. 450 years old but <laughs> yeah. he's not really 450 years old but his uh he's been out there that's when he was born yeah he he's, he of... remembers stuff from like oh do you remember this or something yeah yeah going and so he's a bit of our link back to like you know what it was like earlier mm-hmm. uh you've got the um i can't remember his name but the uh the the cosmonic who's like a mechanic but like mm-hmm. slowly replacing body parts to become a better mechanic better space mechanic right um so only oh and this there's also military people as well who the same do the same kind of thing replace body parts so much that they just become cyborgs they've got a yeah. human brain in there yeah but then um but yeah, then over time they uh, they they can go out in in vacuum. They can do all that kind of stuff. So th- there's some good stuff cool. there too. They don't need EVAs and IVAs. Yeah, they don't need, they don't need the sp- the suits. Yeah, the EVA yeah. suits and that kind of stuff, yeah. which we've been learning about recently because we're we're space nerds. So we can we can do deep dives of um, our research we, we, each we into different kind sit, of spacesuits. We literally sit on the couches and dive into the Wikipedia page of uh, and, and the watching EVAs YouTube videos about oh this space this spacesuit design yeah. Nerds. Um, so yeah, and there's other people. There's other characters like that on the on the different ships, which is which is really good fun. Um, so let's talk about the. We've touched on it a few times here. Um, I don't want to go too much into the themes of this book because again, it's it's such a chunky book. There's yeah, so much, so in much here. going on. But one of the big themes is that if you're about 23 years old, you like fucking, and oh my goodness, do you do a lot of fucking? Everyone mm-hmm. in this book has a lot of sex all the time. Now, I think this is one of the things that you wanted to mention. This is what you remember about the book. I don't know if I remember specifically that. I just remember that if you're also a woman, you're not very clever in your head and you're very like, ah. No, no, not, that's not this book. That's not this no, book. No, oh, there's not. There's, there's, like, there's, this, there's like one character. There's this one woman character yeah. who doesn't have proper agency. And Is she the wife of a guy or something? No, I don't. No. Again, oh, I, I don't, don't know. even know who Maybe you're talking about. Maybe it's just too hazy. But I remember you saying this when you were like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to read, I don't know what it was, like Pandora Star or the, you know, the Dreaming Void. Because you're like, oh, yeah, Peter Hamilton, there's so much sex in it and whatever like that. And I was like, oh, 
no, I think you're over it. You're, you're, you're reading too much into it. And then I read this book and I was like, oh, this is what, <laughs> this was Juliana's experience of Peter of Hamilton. This is what, this is what she had in her head. About Maybe the- 20 years ago, you just, it was just so much part of thinking that you didn't even realize. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I mentioned this to you before when I was reading, when I read it before, and I mentioned this to you. When I was 23 years old, when I was like reading this, mm-hmm. this book, yeah. this was my life yeah, of exactly. me like having, I wouldn't say as much as much sex as possible. But, but yes, but like probably exactly that. But yeah, in <laughs> b- between for me, like in that, you know, age of like uh, university through to whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, I had like a good solid four, four and a half years of Luke's Luke's juggling penis adventures there. Um <laughs> Not just juggling. I'm, I'm saying that it's like you know he goes off. You know Joshua yeah, that, goes around. But like, that, that's the age then when your body yeah, is and a bit supposed later, you know, to spread your yeah, genes around. And once I was out of a, my previous series, long time science fiction book review podcast listeners or people who've gone back and listened to early ones will remember uh, Polar, my my previous girlfriend who I was in a longer relationship. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I got out of that relationship, and after moping around for six months to getting over it, <laughs> yeah, just more penis adventures. And like it seems like it seems excessive. Like Joshua was, you know, how promiscuous he is, and how. But this is spread over like many months. There's like maybe a year goes by in this book. Okay, and you know we read how he has sex with like you know five or six women in that time fine and i'm like yeah sounds about right okay and i know that sounds uh, and it's not meaning to be boastful but when i was like when i was like 22 23 24 years old yeah like every juggling festival i would go to i would you know i'd be hooking up with somebody else or hooking up with someone i've hooked up with before you know it was just like that's 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 what I that's what I did. And so okay. me reading this at the time, I'd be like, oh, Joshua's having, you know, you know, trying to get into bed with someone or no, succeed successfully getting into bed with someone else. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. It's like the opposite of I uh, of me yeah. uh, at the time of that age. Yeah. I literally had six years, no sex. <laughs> Which wasn't Six wasn't, years. wasn't a bad thing. Wasn't I, a bad thing. No. Yeah, but in this book, you know, people have implants and they can control their nads really well, and yeah. they they don't get pregnant, and there's no sexually transmitted disease, and all, oh, all nice. of the good stuff. All yeah. of, I say they don't get pregnant. Somebody does get pregnant in this book. <laughs> if, you know, a few people get pregnant in this book. But here's the thing, like, it, well, it, yes, it, that's what I think. That is one of the things that I've and and I this is I think also maybe the reason why I only gave it four stars. What and just not because five, there was too just much because sex. it was? I don't even know. Was it also a Exist in a way. Um, uh, I bits. I was weirdly again not wanting to say. Oh, it just reflects Luke's sex life that he would date three <laughs> girls at once, and you know, or whatever, um, which is true. But it's the, but the point is, is that like. I wouldn't say it's overly sexist, but there is. I know. I don't, I'm not even sure because like uh, Joshua is it like sometimes he is he is he is uh, what do you want to say he's out trying to conquer the women or whatever mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, sometimes mm-hmm. he's the one chasing but it's also the other way around mm-hmm. like he is taken advantage of in ways which he's which is surprising him by the women again not all of the women have full agency but then not all of the men have full agency yeah, either I guess. if you know what i mean yeah. and the, but and let me put it this way the other way around is that like there is rape in this book, like yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. But 
when but but if it was if it was if there was only rape mm. it would feel that like i don't know gratuitous in that way like oh yeah and then the, the woman gets raped yeah. or in this case the men get raped as yeah. well there's yeah. there's with this cult there's like these initiation ceremonies and it seems like mm. oh this this is this is bad news for the for the young for the young boys being initiated into this uh, thing you're like okay that's bad but and, but also if there was none of that and it was just all fun casual penis adventure sex stuff then that would feel a bit gratuitous as well but there is it goes both i don't know it just for me it kind of it surprisingly worked out that it, because it goes there are both sides right. to it if you okay. know what i mean yeah sex is something which is completely consensual and fun and everyone's into it even if sometimes the age difference is you're like whoa wait what's the age difference but then the characters are saying oh no we we know the age difference and we're doing this because it's like naughty you know okay because because people have life extensions so you can get people who are actually quite old and yeah. people young and people going wait is that proper how that is relationship? the power how is the power dynamics here no but she's the starship captain and she's fucking her you know whatever cargo officer but he's 100 years old and she's you know 27 or whatever yeah, people that... are like that's too much and mm. but then the, yeah like the power dynamic is that she's the captain and she's using yeah. him yeah you know and so and it goes and it goes the other way you know the, 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 uh, there's different ways way round the different ways ways around mm. but yeah it sex is a big part of the this book Yes, and if you're if you're really squeamish about it, and there's and you think there's too much sex, there there might be too much sex, and you might knock it down a star. Hmm. But I don't know. For me, it fits the world. You know, okay. if you're in a place which there's a lot of there's a lot of inequality, and it's you know like a developing nation, and mm. women have much lower status than men. Yeah, it's going to be tough for the women. Mm. Like it shows how savage it can be when civilization breaks down. Yeah, and it's an easy thing. I'll say, oh yeah, and when civilization breaks down, the women are raped, and that you know that's a very reductive way of saying it because it's sort of like there's a lot more going on here, mm -hmm. you know. And some of it, when as it's revealed, like as the uh, I, I'm not even sure if it's rape or sex work or whatever it is, when the priest has this conversation with a woman and then goes oh this is going on this has been going on under our noses this entire time mm. and i've been blind to it mm. and i've been like and me as a reader i'm like oh i haven't been blind to this yes but the priest in that situation has and it's like a super affecting and memorable moment in the book mm -hmm. and and there's there's great i don't know i don't want to say character work here but you know that all of this stuff works i don't know it i think it just works well and and if you just do the surface reading of like oh there's a lot of penis adventure stuff going on here when that's done badly you get like the name of the wind and wiseman's fear and stuff like that by patrick rothfuss which is and that book just purely that book becomes purely mr nice guy's penis adventure okay um, and there's nothing else in the book because it's just mr nice guy's penis adventure whereas this there's so much more in the book that this is just like one layer to a very 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 layered book yeah oh it's very layered yeah I was just trying to look up when I actually did read it. So uh, give me one second. Okay, you do that. I've kind of come to the end of my notes here. So I don't really have anything to, uh, to more to talk about. Okay. Well, there's one more thing to talk about then. What's that? What, what rating do you give it? Oh, uh, like, here's the thing. Four stars, but not because, not because I did, there was, I don't know. 
Are you listening to me now? Or are you looking stuff up? Uh, I I read this book in 2017. Or that's what I said that nah, I finished it. Nah, you nah, you 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 must it must have just been sitting in your Goodreads probably, to read like oh, list yeah, or something yeah. for too long. It was probably because I didn't finish the audiobook and it was just hanging out yeah. there continuously. It was years then. before that. That was yeah. yeah yeah I think so. Since reading Salvation, no. Yeah, Salvation, Saints of Salvation, Salvation Trilogy. Yeah. I realise that Peter F. Hamilton can do better than this. Mm. This is really good fun. Mm. It's really good storytelling, really good characters, really good will. Everything is good about it. Yeah. But I know it's weird to say this, but he just does better in Pandora's Star mm. and Judas Unchained. The Salvation Trilogy is better than this. The even the Dreaming Void, I think the fir- at least the first book of that is better than yeah, this. Yeah, well, certainly the Salvation Trilogy came yeah. much, 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 much later, much yeah. later than this I one. Think, so yeah. I and think, yeah, and so even though I really enjoyed this, mm. it is one of those things because I've read it before and because it was so groundbreaking at the time. Yeah. But since then, other authors have come along and mm. done this. Well, I wouldn't say done this better, but like like taking this in different directions and he's also explored the same themes as this in different books in different ways yeah like his treatment of religion in this book i'm like yeah that's good but like the dreaming the the the, the dreaming void and the evolutionary void and that stuff is sort of like oh that's that's cleverer because it's like more science fictiony and i don't know that's the thing to say so there's nothing wrong with this book yeah except it is quite long for what we get and uh so yeah, I'm going to give it four stars. I'm going to rate it four stars. All right. But not because there's anything really bad about it. It's just because it's difficult to get that same enjoyment that I got the first time yeah. and being blindsided by stuff and being like, oh shit, that's, oh, that's actually <laughs> happening. Oh, this re- this is really what we're doing? Yeah. This, is re- this is really where it goes, you know? Yeah. In a way which is very surprised, which was very, like caught me off guard the first time. And I'm like, holy shit, th- this is happening in a science fiction book. This, yeah. like, this horror element is really here. Of course, it was sprinkled all the way throughout the first half of this book so when you know when that big turn happens like two-thirds of the way or a third a half two-thirds of the way through this book it's it's was really good whereas now i can kind of I, i'm kind of enjoying the craft behind it rather than the emotional journey because i know which characters survive yes. and i know how the characters are going to grow and i kind of know what's happening so i think that's just it yeah um and you have like 20 years more of experience yeah in, 20 in years more of science fiction reading and everything and i and i'm not on and i'm not doing and i'm not having penis adventures now <laughs> no but it, it, it's strange but like uh, we that, that's when i had that discussion with you sort of like that oh yeah like it was after we'd been together like 10 years or whatever it is and i was like oh my identity as a human was someone who would oh, yeah. you know and, uh, and it's weird to say this on the podcast but like my part of my identity was that like i'm a horn dog and would just like <laughs> flirt with people and have sex with, uh, with people that like not at every opportunity but it was one of those kind of things unless i'm in a in a relationship and then i had to be like oh that's not me anymore but i'll get back to that at some point and then after like 10 years together i'm like oh yeah i'm not just uh, i'm not a what did i say i'm not just a temporarily frustrated um sex adventure horn dog like my life <laughs> has actually changed so weird no but um, that's the kind of thing like okay. if your life revolves around you know yeah flirting and dating and do stuff i mean what do you think why 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 is there a the certain point in men's life when they have like the midlife crisis and then it's not a midlife crisis no it's it's being in a it's being in a loving monogamous relationship i'm not talking about you uh i'm talking about general what 
what happens to other people is that then they realize, oh, I was once this great wild whatever. I didn't have a midlife crisis when I realized that I I've only had sex with one person for the last ten years. Thank you. That's, <laughs> That's good. I'm I'm glad. It wasn't a midlife crisis. It was just sort of like a, you got a, yourself a mountain bike. Yeah, it was. No, no, it's not. I, I, no, I think it's not a midlife crisis thing. It's just like yeah, just phases of life. You yeah. know. It's yeah. when you're in your early 20s like to 30s, like having sex with, I wouldn't say as many people as possible, but like that is a big part of your identity. And I just assumed it was a big part of my identity until I realized, oh, actually, it's not a big part of my identity. It's a big part of my past, which means it informs what my identity is now and mm. how I view sex and how I view sex adventures and consensual sex and you know how people have fun and all you know all, everything that goes into that yeah. so it's not as if i suddenly got prudish and i'm like oh, nobody should be allowed to have sex i'm like no having sex with lots of people is good yeah. or it can be good like it, i'm not saying it's great for everyone but if it fits your personality go for it yeah, you know absolutely and uh, and i'm still surrounded by that time so you go work on cruise ships and you you're around lots of people who it, have of that this, 20 yeah. <laughs> And that was the thing at the time, it. at the time when I was, you know, started working cruise ships. Again, I was in a relationship, so it wasn't me. But you just look around, and you're like, oh, everyone's just having sex with people all the time here. Because it's like the first time that they've, like, if they're in a cast or they've been, like, they're on board and they're, yeah. I don't know, whatever they're on. They're all like Singers 20. Singers and dancers. Yeah. And... Well, just everyone, like, yeah. is, is you know, all the different people, all the staff, all the people. They're on board and it's the first time that they've been away from people. And, and you're single. You're and in the Caribbean. And like... everyone's beautiful yeah. and outswimming swimming and together and, and stuff like that and you're like everyone's young everyone's like 25 years old and you just look around and go oh lots of fucking going on mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. it's like the people say the same thing about the um about the olympic village you know people oh, yeah. get to the olympics oh, and it's just like <laughs> fucking everywhere like everyone's Provide fucking all everyone. the condoms yeah yeah just like just, people just like shovelfuls of condoms into the into the different dorm. anyway i don't want to keep going on about this too much i'm just saying that this like this is a very this, sex heavy part it's not a sex no i i've not mentioned sex like i've not talked about sex i've talked about people having sex i've not actually talked yeah, about I having mean, sex yeah yeah if but you know i what mean that that <laughs> that's what i mean yeah, well, people can get over it. Yeah, that's what the book is about. Some partly. Yeah, and again, get, there's some great ca- there's some great character moments with these with these with these uh, people. Yeah, about... I might I might go back and uh, I I think I'm with these kind of books. I'm better reading it. Yeah, that, rather than listening well, to just it as buy audiobooks. it. Just spend it. Just, just get it on I, Kindle I just, or whatever. I just notice like so much that. I have trouble so much on uh, listening to these kind of things because Not my, my my thoughts person, yeah. are just being, you know, I, I just start thinking about something else and I don't have these kind of moments like, mm. for, oh, I have two hours where I just yeah, yeah, don't yeah. do anything and just sit and listen. Yeah. Um, Narrated by no. John Lee. Turns out oh, we like John Lee. We he did, do. He did all of the. Uh, he does all of the Alistair Reynolds stuff, and mm-hmm. it's uh, and other stuff as well. But it's fun to have John Lee. He's very yeah. good at accents, and of course he does the same thing where nice every voice. different place has got like a different British regional accent. <laughs> yeah. You know, like people from here, sort of like from that planet, is like okay, everyone here is Welsh, are they? And then he goes mm-hmm. somewhere else, like oh, everyone here is from you know. Yeah. He's really good at at these kind of things. Yes, so good job, good job, Peter Hamilton. Good job, John Lee. Good job, Juliana, for getting through, having the energy to get through this podcast. 
Yeah. Uh, I almost fell asleep halfway through this podcast. My eyes suddenly were yeah, like, I saw oh, that. Time to, did you? Yeah. <laughs> suddenly like, what? what's happening? My I eyes are falling in. I was talking and then suddenly we're like, <laughs> it's like my eyes are like, melting. Keep my eyes open. <laughs> not sure why. I'm very busy at the moment with not a lot of stuff. I know it's weird to say busy, that. Busy, but, but it's still dark. It's the winter. It's still grey. It's, right. you know, Shall we wrap it up? Yeah, let's do it. You can follow me on um, Instagram. I'm Luke Burridge there. Juliana's there too at J-U-K-U Berlin. Yeah. Uh, I'm posting juggling stuff because I'm working on a new show. Really looking forward to performing my new show. Yeah, looking forward um, to seeing it. Uh, you can become my friends on goodreads.com. That's a good thing to do. And I can see what other people are my friends and following people. So Mario gave it five stars and Fred and Christian and James and Lots of Christopher and B. Gave, oh, they all gave it five stars. B gave it four stars. Tudor, four stars. Peter. Um, yeah, lots of names that you... Uh, seven, 17 reviews here. Let me... What do I click? Oh, I hate this. Everything... Goodreads thinks you don't want to read anything. Everything on the website, sort of like, click, show more, read more, show more. Oh, sort of like everything yeah. you want to do, you've got to click to read more. And I'm like, stop telling me Terrible. to do this. I'm here for the stuff on this page. I stop want to hiding read it from things. me. You're literally called Goodreads. Simon gave it four stars. Tamahomi uh, for... Yeah, lots of... And a few people gave it three stars. But yeah, mostly five, four and three stars. I'm, I'm in the middle there. Yeah. With uh, with three stars, does it? You say... give it four. You said, yeah. It's it's annoying because it used to you used to be able to see the uh, the average of your followers, what your followers thought of this book, and yeah. now you, it doesn't That's show not anymore. No, it doesn't show you the, oh. the new the new page here doesn't show you that anymore, which is really annoying. It shows you the overall rating from yeah. the thirty four thousand nine hundred fifty one ratings and reviews from general readers. That's a four point one three, but it used to say. What, for the friends and yeah, yeah, what I, your I friends remember. are, and yeah. now I don't. I like I have to scroll through and do you know mental Maths arithmetic in, in my head. head. Yeah, and then it only shows the reviews. It doesn't also show ratings. It only shows reviews uh, of friends and family, but okay. not ratings, as far as I can tell. Just oh, kind well. of annoying. Oh yeah. Oh so yeah. And then under here are the people who rated it and didn't review it. Okay. Somebody gave it one star. Tamer, Odo, and thirty others gave it five stars. So, so now I have to kind of do all of this mental arithmetic in my head. Okay. It's really yeah, bad. It's not, really that's the, not the fun. new page, yeah. and they put it as a as a beta page on like as a sort of like here, test this out, give us your feedback. And I kept on saying, give me links to my own reviews, show me the average rating from my own followers, and I filled that out lots of times, and they just haven't done it. And then like, and now this is the main page. So I'm really Live annoyed. Yeah. I'm not annoyed about it. It's just they've, they've got, it's become information sparse and some features, which I really like. What am I, what is the average rating of my friends and followers? Yeah. That's all that is what I want to know. Um, so yeah, become my friend. Check out the Goodreads uh, listener group. Sorry, the SFBRP listener group on goodreads.com. You can suggest books that there and stuff. And uh, yep. yeah, and I've got other books coming up that I'll review, like the following books in this. And but after a while, because you, yeah, maybe you in need like two a... or three books time, I'll 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 check out some other books. What are you reading now? Um, I'm reading something by um, oh, I haven't added it. Reading something by Philip Jose Farmer. Okay, I've not called. heard this name before. He did the Riverworld series, and I've reviewed one of his books before. Okay, Riverworld book. It's called, and I'm now looking it up. Dark is the sun. It's quite a chunky book. Another chunky book. Another chunky book. But mm -hmm. I'm actually quite enjoying it, but just going through it slowly at the moment. But okay. uh, uh, yeah, I'll see if it see if it picks up 
I hope it gets better. I'm enjoying <laughs> it, but it feels a bit because it's like from the 1960s or whatever, and oh, I'm like, ah, oh, right. it feels dated. You know, when I read the, um, we'll talk about this in the next episode. Let's talk about that. I, when I, I don't talk need about to go into it now. Yeah, but may if I finish it, I'll do an episode about it. If not, I'll move on to some other books. Uh, and you can follow us on Mastodon. The links are in the show notes yes. on the blog post of this they of this podcast. Are. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.